0: Tree, you and me. Heritage Tree, a big family. Welcome to Heritage Tree, where we talk about heritage care and development for people and organizations. And now to our host, Dr. Dina Michelle Roscoe. The scriptures are amazingly consistent with the same for being, what is it, the 66 books written over several generations and thousands of years by different people, as 1 Peter says, uh, led by the Holy Spirit. But the root that the righteous put down is immovable. But the root of the wicked, no one can be made secure by it. It doesn't even make a tree house or make a plant that you can use or eat from. It doesn't even do any good, but siphon nutrients from the native plant. It's trying to mimic. This happens a lot with my ground cover succulents. There will be crabgrass that just loves to grow right in the middle of it, right in the middle where the main root of the plant that is sturdy and taking its time and beautifying the land and growing more and having little plant babies over time, there will be this crabgrass that just shoots up and it is a tedious but important almost plant surgery to go in and try to pull this crabgrass out without disturbing or breaking or hurting the plant that is just putting its roots down in to take the nutrients from the soil that this other plant is taking (laughs) already there. It was first. It was there first. (laughs) Now, what does this mean? What could it mean for a gospel heritage? And this is not heresy. This is not trying to write another gospel. I, I prayed about this for some time, asking the Lord, am I just trying to write another law or write another gospel out of this? No, I am amplifying a message that's here in the scriptures that I want to hear spoken of more in our Christian circles and from pulpits as we share the gospel with people when we describe heaven. It's not this simple place. I use this often. I beat up on coffee. It's not a place where you just have endless pour overs. As I've heard, uh, prominent pastor describe heaven, that we don't have to do anything. We can just have fun and relax and drink coffee. And I thought, how trite after you're thinking about all of the suffering that people are going through and what is the real promise, the real promise in scripture in Revelation 19 to 22, what does it describe the coming kingdom as? Jesus offered a clue. Do you know what it is? When he described the kingdom of heaven, when he used this metaphor of a tree, he gives parables. He gives a parable of the mustard seed being the tiniest tree, but when it grows, it can have many birds in its branches. And out of Ezekiel 31, verse 6, and then again in Matthew, the kingdom of heaven is described as a tree that grows with branches that the birds of the air can rest in all the birds of the air moving forward to revelation when the tree of life is described is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mentioned in that passage or not if not why do you think that is so is the knowledge of the tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil That sounds like a lot of suffering, and it's brought a lot of suffering. And why would we want to know evil? We are not God. We cannot contain or manage or know the mysteries of the the universe or why that tree was there. I've heard different theories and expectations. Well, one is that, well, maybe God put it there so we could have free choice, so we could pick, so we weren't mindless Ottomans or robots, just following God and not thinking about our decision. But then remember that Satan had already been a fallen angel at that time. And Satan is constantly planting weeds, sowing seeds of weeds, sowing seeds of false teaching, sowing seeds of hurtful, violent, harmful things. If you read through the book of Proverbs, it's constantly contrasting violent, scoffing, persons and kingdoms, and even leaders of households, whether it's a man or woman, to righteous, generous, life-giving, healing things. It says in Proverbs 11, verse 30, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and a wise person captivates people. Then we have in a foreshadowing in verse 31 after it, If the righteous will be repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinful. So it's constantly going back and forth, almost like a ping pong volley, almost like an exchange of here's this bright light over here. Here's this shadow and foil over here. Here's this good tree and fruit over here. Here's this weed and not so good fruit over here. I enjoy tea. Now I am an avid tea connoisseur, a tea drinker, and I have been for a long time, for over 20 years, ever since a friend of ours in college at university gave me some green Genmaicha tea from, from the International District or Chinatown in Richmond, B.C., and my roommate and I, she being from Singapore, would enjoy in my brown teapot, also from this friend, with our little pink twinkly lights in our dorm room, a cup of tea every night. It was grand and I still can taste it and remember our laughter and pleasant conversations and smiles. Indeed, tea is one of those drinks that makes the world go round, I would say, and suggest to you that tea is actually a widely enjoyed beverage around the world, more so perhaps than in the United States where I am, where coffee is more seemingly popular. There are so many different kinds of tea to enjoy and based on how long it's been fermented or aged, it will have more caffeine and it and also more often a robust flavor and more distinct. So you might have the white tea, which is the baby tea buds, tea leaves, And then you might have the yellow tea lesser known the teenager tea and it really does taste (laughs) a little bit in conflict that way a little bit temperamental a little bit hopeful and then you have the green teas and then you have your oolongs and then your dark teas like your puar and other more fermented teas that can also be aged in blocks But then you have your herbals, your tisanes, which is a whole new world open up. And that is a whole new way, by the way, a whole new old way of doing a medicinal pantry. And we have plenty of these teas. And my husband laughs at me because he gets one little shelf on our pantry and a lot of the rest of it's devoted to tea. And some of that might be the rooibos or honeybush. White chrysanthemum is a favorite go-to osmanthus I love that one rose also very good and on and on and on and here you have just we could talk for hours about tea and enjoy it together indeed I've hosted many tea parties there's the beautiful artful sewn together by hand tea balls that you put in a glass container of some kind I used to enjoy it in these beautiful green stem glasses and it unfolds a flower and it looks so pretty. And so It's a very fun conversation piece at a party. But tea, putting down roots. What does tea have to do with putting down roots? Well, a lot actually, and we could probably do more episodes or conversations around this topic. I want to focus on Revelation and get back to the promise of the tree of life. It says here, In Revelation 22, verse 1, then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down in the middle of the city's main street. The tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for healing the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Wow. So you may have heard heaven described in Revelation earlier as, being this beautiful, bedecked with jewels, city, with gates that are made and fashioned out of one pearl. Yet God has a sense here that he is redeeming and making all things new, that there's a garden in heaven, hallelujah, and there's a tree of life and fruit for every month. And how many months are there in our calendar, the the Gregorian calendar as we've used it in the United States for a long time and in other places in the world. We have the 12 months, there's the 12 tribes of Israel, there's the 12 disciples, there's this theme of 12, and here we have not forgotten the nations. Remembering a foe, a foe who feigns light, who pretends, who mimics to be a real source of the light Here, the light being the Son of God, God being the source of light in heaven, in the new kingdom. Satan, having been cast out of heaven from his failed insurrection attempt with a third of the angels who became demons, and Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. There's such an erraticism, a sharp edge about him. But there's a light component as well. There's this mimicry of Him. Who is the legitimate root? In Ephesians 4 we read, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all in all. Now grace was given to each of one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift, for it says, When He ascended on high, He took the captives captive. He gave gifts to the people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. This one tree, this one kingdom tree, this one heritage tree, this one family tree of a forever family growing into maturity through Christ who has gone everywhere in this world and universe and who has this work for us to do now of putting down roots. And one of that work One of those works involves building up the body of Christ. Another involves the right use of love and the right use of wrath in Ephesians 4. Later, the Apostle Paul talks about not using wrathfulness in our treatment to our neighbors, to not sin in anger, to not speak sharply or perversely, to speak in ways that give grace to show kindness and compassion to forgive one another these behaviors show the kind of root that we are growing from and i would add the root that we are growing towards the kind of tree that we are growing but what i challenge you does any of this work really mean or matter if not done with love the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and to this amazing hub of a city that had so much influence and access to roads and knowledge and education and the arts and and even these different religious beliefs and promiscuity and athleticism and all of this different, vibrant, and sometimes dark, City life that he saw the value of speaking to culture, of using cultural sensitivity and how he communicated the gospel to the different congregations and the different groups of believers and the different churches that he wanted to almost desperately, he would say with anxiety, the pressure of him that he felt to influence the churches. In 1 Corinthians 13, he says, What remains? What remains is love. Faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is love. In Romans 8, he says, What will separate us from the love of God? Nothing, not height, not depth, not angels, not demons, not things present, not things to come, not death, not life, not any power, not any other created thing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he cautions, that no matter how great and excellent our knowledge is of anything, but especially of the Lord, no matter how fantastic our faith to move mountains or our teaching or our influence, none of these things matter if it's not done with love. Love is the neighborly factor. It's the influence, the neighborly influence, the pivot point, the hinge on which a door opens, so that people can better access the gospel, so that they can better be together, more united as a family. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, tip us at the link below. And inquire, subscribe, and shop our merchandise label of Heritage Tree and Heritage at dinamichellerosco.com and dogwoodgroup.io. Come back again when we gather around the Heritage Tree.